I said that I wanted to wake up when I want. I want to go to sleep when I want. I want to go to the gym when I want, podcast with amazing people, be my own boss, and just get to live my life and be a podcaster. And now I get to do that. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Pivot Talk with me, Alex. My guest today is someone I first met a few months ago when looking for podcast guests on my show. He is someone I've got to know quite well over the past few weeks and someone I look up to in the world of motivation and also in the podcasting world. My guest is co-host of the podcast Next Level University with nearly 900 episodes published. He can be considered a veteran to the podcasting world, definitely. He's also a very compelling motivational speaker, podcast coach, and is also my holistic improvement coach. That said, it is a pleasure to sit down and chat with Kevin Palmieri. Kev, welcome to the show, man. Alex, thank you for having me on, my friend. Any chance I get to chat with you is a great opportunity I will always take. So I appreciate it, and I'm excited to hopefully add some value to the audience today. That's my goal. Yeah, well, it's my honor, Kev, really. So Let's jump into to the podcast then. I think this is where I want to go today. And you've clearly made a huge success of podcasting. You completely squash my figures when we look at 900 episodes, almost, you know, the, the listens you've had over 100 countries. It's, it's really impressive. So firstly, congrats on that. Thank you. Um, so let's go back and look at sort of where your career was looking before that, because I know many students are struggling in whether they can sidestep where they saw their life going. You know, I struggled Mm -hmm. with it. But what did you do before the podcast? And take me through the transition from that to the podcast. Yeah, so just to give you an idea of my life, when everybody else in my circle was planning on going to college after high school, I was the one kid I knew that wasn't. I knew for sure I didn't want to go to college because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, so I hopped from job to job. I was a gas station attendant. I was a personal trainer. I was a truck driver. I was a forklift operator. I worked at a hospital. I was on the volunteer fire academy, uh, the fire department. Um, I'm sure I probably had a couple other things that I'm forgetting. I was in construction and home renovation and demolition as well. So I did a lot of stuff. But before I got into podcasting, I was working at a company that did weatherization. So just think we made state and government buildings more energy efficient. So whether that was going up in the attic and plugging holes and blowing insulation or doing weather stripping on doors and windows and caulking around window frames, that sort of thing. So I was a foreman for that company and we traveled up and down the East Coast of the United States. I got paid very well to do that. I was I was very blessed and very grateful for that opportunity. But um yeah, that's what I was doing. And I just, I wasn't fulfilled. I made a lot of money doing it, but I realized that there had to be more to life. And then when I started the podcast as a passion project, I realized that I wanted to find a way to do this full time. And obviously it doesn't happen overnight and we can get into how that actually happened, but very similar to to most people. I was working a quote unquote nine to five, um, something I wasn't super, super passionate or filled doing. And it got to the point where I wanted to take a chance. I wanted to take a risk and, and really lean into something I loved. Yeah. So did you just decide, I want to do the podcast and then gave up your income entirely and really, really <laughs> took a stab in the dark? Or did you have some sort of game plan? Like, how did this work? Yeah. So as I, I talked to you on your on your podcast, I 
when I was 25, my girlfriend left me. And when she left me, it did this. I just had to look in the mirror and figure out who I really was. And part of me realizing who I was, was realizing that for most of my life, I lacked confidence. I lacked self-esteem. I lacked a lot of things, vision, clarity, um, just really loving myself. That's something that I really struggled with for most of my life. So I had this job and I, like I said, I started the podcast as a passion project. And as this passion project began to fulfill me more and more, and I started to connect with more and more people, and I had people reaching out, and I'm sure you have too, Alex, that said, hey, your podcast changed my life. I said, you know what? I got to find a way to, to do this more. And the job that made me money and brought me so much certainty, it took me away from home. And when I was away from home, it's really hard to podcast. So I started calling out of work and leaving jobs early and getting in trouble for doing that. And um, so long story short, no, it did not start as I want to do this full time. I'm going to leave my job. I tried to do both things simultaneously. And it got to the point where I was supposed to be on a job site and they told me my scheduling, they told me the wrong schedule. And Alan and I, my, my co-host business partner, we had a plan to meet somebody that was very, very big in the Instagram world that we were friends with who we were having on the podcast. And I realized that I cannot do this job and grow this business at the same time. So it was shortly thereafter where I realized I have to do one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. So did you have to cancel this meeting? No. No, I I called my 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 work and said, hey, you told me that we were there at a certain time you were wrong. Like they're switching the shifts on us. I can't come in. I, I told you I could only work this hour. I because can't Because you had in. this important meeting to yeah. go to, right? So I and chose you know, the yeah, dreams. Yeah, I chose yeah. the dreams over the job. Yeah. And I feel like that sometimes, like when I, when I'm at home during like during break and over Christmas, I work a part-time job and each week the, the shifts get released each week and it's completely random because I'm on a sort of a, a temporary contract. It's not a fixed contract. I have mm. like three hours a week that I'm contracted and then it's just random. So I don't know when I'm going to work even seven days in advance sometimes. And I book, like I book, people book meetings with me, interviews, sometimes weeks and months in advance. Mm. And I find myself constantly trying to cancel and rearrange and it doesn't look professional and it's affecting my passion having this on the side. But the issue that I have, the issue that a lot of people would have, let's say they go into work in consulting, for example, or investment banking, something big, you know, they work long hours. So firstly, it's unlikely that they're going to be able to have this side hustle because they're working 16, 17 hours a day. They're, you know, they're lucky enough to get sleep. Mm -hmm. But let's say they do make the transition. It's difficult because it's almost like a stab in the dark for many people. Like, can you make money from podcasting? Were you making money from podcasting in the beginning? Mm -mm. No, 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 no. The, the first money I made was probably two years in. So I, I started the podcast by myself in April of 2017. That's when I started this train. I probably didn't get my first client until the tail end of 2018, beginning of 2019. That's when I got my first paying client. And when I say paying client, Alan and I are both coaches. And back then I was doing pure mindset lifestyle design coaching. I was charging $50 for an hour call. And some of my clients I was doing weekly at the beginning, and then it transferred to, to bi-weekly. But I think this is the thing. 
I didn't make money in the beginning because I didn't realize making money was possible. So if you're watching this or you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, I want to be a podcaster and I want to make money. Awesome. I can tell you right now from my perspective and from my experience and working with a bunch of other people, working one-on-one as a coach, if you're in a mindset, if you're in a fitness, if you're in a peak performance, if you're in investment or banking, anything really, if you're in a podcast genre that solves a problem, if you can do that one-on-one with your listeners, you can make money pretty quickly. Pretty quickly, you can make money because you just have to solve the problem that your listeners are dealing with. So you 1,000% can make money with a podcast. We're on track. We should do a million dollars gross in 2022. Like that's, that's our goal. That's what we're aiming for. Now, that's taken years right? That's taken a long time. There's two of us. We have a 13-person team. We both work seven days a week. So there's a lot going on behind the scenes. But there is no reason if you get a train started, you cannot make a living with podcasting. It's 100% doable. It will be difficult for sure. And we can dive into that if you'd like. But yes, it is 100% doable. Didn't happen in the beginning for me because I didn't believe it was possible. So essentially, it took you two years to realize that you could make money from the podcast. Yep. Right. And just remind me, how long has the podcast been running? Uh, so 2017 to now. So just about five years. It'll be five years in April. So pretty recent considering you have a 13-person team and looking at a million dollars this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So how did you, you know, you said it took you two years to start making money and all of this comes from coaching clients then you don't have sponsors because I'd imagine most people listening right now would think, Oh yeah, you make money from a podcast. You just get sponsors and they pay you. Right. Do you do that? And you know, how does that work? So here's why everybody celebrated when Joe Rogan sold his podcast rights to Spotify for a hundred million dollars. And Alan and I were talking about that. That is a huge long-term mistake because Joe Rogan could make more than a hundred million dollars by advertising his own stuff. So From my perspective, if you're going to do any advertising on a podcast, on any platform, it should be for you. So you you have heard us on the podcast talk about group coaching. Alex, join group coaching. The only thing we promote is our products, our service, our speaking, our anything. Our products is the only thing we will sponsor. Now, the deeper reason is a couple things. If you look at from the listener experience, how many podcasts, when they get big, have five ads at the very beginning of the show, and you're like, I don't want to listen. I'm not going to listen through these five ads every single time I want to listen to an episode, and then you turn it off. Our goal is to add value first. It's always that. That's why we do seven episodes a week. We're not doing seven episodes because I want to, because we want to add the most value, and there's only seven days in the week. If there was eight, we do eight, but it's... It's who can add the most value at the end of the day, and also who can ask for the least in return. And I think that if you're out there, understand, yeah, you can get sponsorships, honestly, pretty quickly if you go local. So say you live in a town that has a garage. You can talk about, hey, um, shout out to Alex Knott's Garage for sponsoring this episode. They're down on 152 Main Street. Go in, use the the code NOT, and you'll get 25% off your next purchase. Whatever, right? You can do that. You can do that. That's a possibility, but that's a short-term win. It's a short-term win. 
when in the long run, if you can build a sustainable business, you can advertise yourself forever. Yeah. So this is, is this the key then? Because my next question was to ask you what exactly led to your success. And what I was looking for here, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming the answer won't be in this category, but I, I have good guests. Is that, what, is that what it takes? Is it interview technique? Is it marketing? But I imagine it's something more. There's probably something else to this. So what is it that led to you achieving so much success in the podcasting world in such a mm. short amount of time? Um, back-end business, back-end business strategy. So again, I'm, I'm blessed. And I always say this humbly, uh, Alan has a master's degree in business and marketing from one of the best technical schools in the world. So I'm very blessed when it comes to that. But see, I know, I'm thinking of somebody right now, podcaster has in the double digit millions of downloads. And he was making $5,000 a month with his business. So figure 15 million downloads, $5,000 a month. We have 500,000 downloads. And right now we're doing $35,000 a month. It's not necessarily because of the listens. It's because of the business underneath. So I always tell people, when you start a podcast, you have to treat it like a business. How quickly can you make your first dollar? How quickly can you make your first delegation? How quickly can you make your first business plan? Your, your funnel of, okay, how, what services do I have? What problems do I solve? The sooner you start treating your podcast like a business, the better off you will be. And here's, here's a great example. If you are out there, and again, I'm, I'm sure not everybody's a podcaster, but you can use this with anything. I had a buddy, real estate. He's in real estate, real estate agent. And yeah. he was mowing his lawn one day. And I said, hey, man, you're wasting your time mowing your lawn. Why are you mowing your lawn? And he said, well, it's, it's like 75 bucks to have somebody out to do it. And I said, don't you think you can make $75 in the hour that you were mowing the lawn? You can make 150 and you'd still be $75 richer. I don't think people delegate fast enough. So if you start making $100 a month, I would delegate $75 worth of that away to buy yourself more time, buy yourself more time, buy yourself more time. And then that way it becomes sustainable. So marketing, yes, is important for listens. Guests is important for listens. Titles, SEO, consistency, um, all of that stuff is, is very important for listens. But you can have all the listens in the world. And if you don't have a business acumen, you're not going to be able to make money on it unless you do the sponsorship route. And that's why so many people do. Right. Okay. So you, so you said don't go the sponsorship route, sponsor your own products. Mm -hmm. Is this why you're able to have so much more of a return each month versus less downloads compared to somebody who could have double digits, tens of millions of listens each month, but, but a much less return? Is it because they don't have that business strategy in mind? They just do the podcast, they get some sponsors, and then they don't make that much. Yeah. And the other part of it too is, they're not building an actual relationship with their listeners. So the like when you hear me on the podcast, that's a pretty intimate experience and you're listening to some you're listening to two people talking directly to you. Yes, awesome. But okay, what happens when you what happens when you join group coaching and you see Alan and I behind the scenes like Alex has? What happens when you do one-on-one -on -one coaching when that's completely different? What happens when you see me on stage speaking? That's completely different. So I believe most people 
don't have enough specific touch points. They only have the one, which is I talk to you on the podcast and you listen to me talk about certain topics. When if they had five other layers, they'd have five times the impact and they'd have five times the relationship. And then they would have five times the opportunity to monetize or whatever that means. And the reason I'm so big on monetization, and if you're listening, you understand business, I'm sure, right? So you get that. If it's not making money, it's not sustainable long-term. And every dollar we make is an opportunity to spend a dollar to help more people. And it's just that. We have to cycle through the monetization. It's not necessarily because I'm money hungry or anything like that. I just realized one of the reasons we're having a bigger impact now is because we're making more money, which we can then upgrade our lifestyles and say, look, self-improvement, holistic self-improvement, that's what got me this result. That's what got me this trip. That's what got me this camera. That's what got me this microphone. Mm. These are the things that have bought me the lifestyle. Let me show you how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes I hear people say, you know, just invest money and buy the right equipment. It'll make it look more professional. You'll get more listens, you get more money. But let's say, for example, me now, I can't afford any other equipment. I can't afford to put any money, not even one pound into the podcast right now. What could I do then? Let's say I've got all the bases covered now. I've got all the basics done. You know, I understand how to 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 record and publish an episode, but I'm not seeing any growth in listens month on month. I know it's dangerous sometimes to look at it every day and say, oh, I had less today, but the same month on month. So, you know, there's enough time there to see growth month on month. But if I'm not seeing it, let's say it's stagnated and I've hit a plateau, but I'm trying my best to improve my, you know, my game in terms of marketing, in terms of guest seeking, in terms of the guests I get on, in terms of my interview technique, questions, all of that. Mm. What would you suggest to someone like me? Firstly, let's go in terms of listens and then in terms of how to start making money. Yeah. Uh, listens, this is a this is an underrated one that I think people believe they have to have a certain level of expertise in order to do. Start getting on other shows. Start getting on other shows. My goal this year is to be on 104 other podcasts. 104. I want to do it at least two a week. I would love to do more. I want to have a day dedicated to just me being on the microphone on other podcasts. Now, here's the reason. I'm driving down the street one day and I drive, I'm listening to the radio and I hear something about Burger King and their, their coffee in the morning. And I'm thinking to myself, who the hell would go to Burger King for coffee when there's a Dunkin' Donuts right down the street? Do you know who would go to Burger King for coffee? The people who are at Burger King in the morning for their breakfast sandwiches. It's way easier to sell somebody something when they're already in line versus creating a complete behavior change. So what am I saying? When you're listening to a podcast and you hear somebody that you enjoy, you're more likely to listen to their podcast because you're not building a new habit. You're just switching right. from one show to another. And it's huge. That's, that is the biggest way. You know, back in the day when people were releasing movies, they would go on late night television shows and they would do the rounds. Now people do the rounds on podcasts. When people are promoting books, Tony Robbins is promoting a book right now. Watch how many podcasts he goes on. Just watch. 
search yeah. Tony Robbins well, and you'll see. Yeah, I mean, I, I know this because people come on my podcast and they they have books that they want to promote. And, you know, that's fine. I mean, I get to speak to such amazing people, but I wonder why do they keep going on so many podcasts? They're, they're established. They don't need to really, well, maybe they want to, but, you know, they are established already, a lot of these people. So why are they going on smaller podcasts? Because they want to dip into different niches and different audiences mm-hmm. and get people listening. And you know, now that you say yeah. it, it seems so obvious. But as you said, you know, I, I don't think I have the you know the expertise. What do I talk about? You know, because what I'm yeah. doing is I'm interviewing you. So this is about you, not me. So what about when I'm a guest? Yeah. What have you learned from the people you've interviewed? I think it's just like eventually you'll cross the threshold when you've done 200 episodes and you'll say, ah, now I'm ready. And it's like, yeah, yeah. you'll know more, but not as much as you think. You don't take everything into your brain that you that you hear in an interview. I don't at least. But there are things that you know that somebody that is quote unquote behind you in terms of their self-improvement or habit building, they don't know yet. So I would start with people that you know. How many people do you know that have a podcast? Cool. Start there. Hey, I'd like to have you on my show. I'd love to join you on yours. Okay, cool. Number two, start telling your story more, right? One of the, one of the ways I get on podcasts, people reach out because I tell my story. I was suicidal. Uh, I left my job. I built this dream life all that happy jazz. That's one of the reasons some people want to interview me is because how did you get through that? How did you deal with that? What is your biggest Mm. struggle? What's your relationship like? It's generally intriguing to want to know things about people when you tell your story. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. And I I told you this already. I said, you got to be more prominent on social media and you have to be more real. I want to see your life. I want to connect with Alex as a human being. I want to know what you're doing, like behind the scenes. I want to know when you have a bad day. I do. And, and people do. And people do. So treat your brand like a personal brand and then just start small. You might get on a show for their first episode. I've been on many shows that it was their first episode. And honestly, many of those shows stopped producing episodes a couple of weeks after that. But you know, to me, one listener, one new listener to our podcast, which is a potential 860 downloads, one listener, right? is worth a half hour of my time right now. Will it always be? I don't know. I don't know, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But yeah, if you're a podcaster, get on other podcasts. There's a bunch of services. There's Podmatch. There's a matchmaker. There's a bunch of different places where yeah, you can yeah. you can find people and you yeah. can get on other shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is what this is what I recommended because a few people have reached out to me because through through uh, King's Business Club, which uh, hosts this podcast, I've done I've done a few speaker events where I speak to people who are interested in entrepreneurship, and I told them it's so easy to start a podcast. It's pretty straightforward. You just need mm-hmm. an idea, right? And since then, a few of them have reached out to me, you know, and I've helped them. I've told them just get on these websites, go on to Matchmaker. And if there's someone listening who genuinely really, really wants to start a podcast, it's pretty straightforward. And, you know, to get guests, to be a guest on somebody else's show, it doesn't take that long. You just need to go on one of these websites. It's practically a social media site for podcasters. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. So, okay, so you said that's how to grow listens. Be a pod, be a guest on another podcast, something I haven't done yet because I felt that's that imposter syndrome that we all feel. And many you students feel that. But you can um, do it. how about money then? That Because that doesn't necessarily make you money. That just mm. gives you an appearance on someone else's podcast. So for me now, I make no money for my podcast. What is step one? What do I do? What do I, what can I do now? Can I do something yeah. now or should I grow it mm-hmm. further? 
Uh, you actually just answered the question that you asked right before. And I'm glad we're doing it in this order. <laughs> Every person that reaches out to you and says, hey, I need help with my podcast is a potential client for you. Every single one of them. And that's how it started for me. I had somebody, my first high ticket client. So uh, this is what I would do. And this is what I do with my clients. This is the exact thing I say. Okay, cool. This is what I want you to do. On your next episode, I want you, well, before the next episode, I want you to sit down and I want you to outline some sort of program that you believe you can help people with. Okay. Lifestyle design, peak performance, health and fitness, nutrition, relationship, whatever, intimacy, whatever it is, business, mechanics, whatever. At some point in your podcast, probably in the middle, I want you to talk about it. So if I was on my own show and I said, okay, I have to find a way to get a client sometime this week, this is what I would do. In the middle of the podcast, I would say, hey, Maybe you're out there right now and you're thinking, oh, I wish I could have a podcast like Kev. It, it just must be so much work and it must take so much time. And I just, I don't know how to do it. Well, luckily for you, I'm a podcast coach. Uh, I'm totally down to do a free call with anybody who clicks the link in my bio. Let's hop on the phone. I don't want to sell you anything. I just want to add value. Say five people click the link in my bio. I do five free calls. One of them most likely will end up a client. Free calls. Do free calls. Hammer them. Hammer free calls. Yes. I know it's not sustainable. I know it's not scalable. But in the beginning, if you jump on the phone with somebody and your only goal is to add value to their life, oftentimes, if they're an ideal client, they will ask you what it takes to work with you. I know it sounds wild. I know it sounds like it's too good to be true. I had a client send me an, an audio message yesterday that said, oh my goodness, Kev, I hopped on the phone with somebody. I listened. I added as much value as I could without overwhelming them. And they said, I'd love to continue this. What does that look like? That's the number. That's for me, that's the zero to one to make money or start coaching for free. Start coaching yeah. somebody for that's free, which is that's essentially what I do. Yeah. Because I have, I have, as I, as I told you, it's difficult for many people, especially when, you know, they've, they've gone to, to, to uni, they're prepping for corporate life. You know, there's always this, you're always learning more. You're never quite finished. And they do a master's mm -hmm. degree, maybe they may do a PhD, but usually you do a bachelor's degree and they go, okay, I'll do a master's degree. And they're always learning. They're always building knowledge to the point where it's almost like, okay, I'm learning, which means I'm not ready. And then I think when, when I decided, okay, you know, I'm, I'm still doing my bachelor's degree, I'll just start a podcast. And now to think, that I could teach other people to do it. It's, it's almost like I've got this mentality now where I'm in education. I'm not, I'm not finished yet. You know, mm. Alex Nod is not finished. So how can I possibly charge people money? And this is why I give people advice for free because I'd, I'd love to add the value. I don't know if I can justify charging people money. And there's a whole, you know, mindset behind that, you know, imposter yeah. syndrome and, you know, whether you're worth it. Let me ask you a question. If you were making bagels, and somebody said, hey, I want to give you $2.50 for that bagel. Would you say, eh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a, big, I'm not a bagel expert. I, I don't charge you for that. No, because it wouldn't make any sense. So, and it's the same thing. I had the same issue at the very beginning of this. This is, this is what really helped me. You do not have to be the expert. You have to be the expert in the room. That's all. You only have to be two or three steps ahead. So I think the problem is you look at someone like me and say, oh, I'm not there. And it's like, no, but that's okay. 
you're way further than somebody who is on Google right now saying, how do I, what is this? Like, what is a host platform? I don't even know. What does that mean? Like, how do I get this on Apple and Spotify? Or what mic do I use? Do I need a mixer? Do I need a special camera? You're way further along than you think. Hmm. You're just not where you want to be yet. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you can't help people get to where you are. And I know it's a fine line because I, I dealt with the same thing, but it's everybody who reaches out to you. If they said, hey, how do I start my podcast? You could say, well, there's, there's two ways we can do it. One, you and I hop on a Zoom call and for $50, I'll walk you through the entire process and show you how to do it. Two, for $100, I'll just do it for you and you don't even have to be there. Boom. So do you do that? Do you make podcasts for people? Yes. Cool. Yep. There's so many opportunities, and I, I you know, and a few, the people who reached out to me, they didn't. I don't think they think about these things, and neither do I. Actually, it's mm. just you record with a guest, you put it out there, and the only form of income is sponsors. That's that's the way I've always thought, yeah. the way a lot of people think. But then, let's say, let's say I've done what you said. I'm making some money, not very much, just a couple of clients here and there. What what would you do next? Because obviously there's there's things you must have added from there until from that point, which is essentially where I am, to where you are. Do you have to keep adding things, or does it just grow exponentially on its own with just that? No, you definitely have to keep adding things. It's almost like I like to use the gym as an analogy. If you were to go do bench press, squats, deadlifts, curls, and shoulder presses, you'd get some results. Like those are like, say those are five fundamentals. Awesome. If you start doing different variations of squats with different weights and supersetting and different techniques and different leverage points on different fundamentals bring different results. So it's almost like, okay, cool. You have good audio and you're releasing an episode a week. Awesome. How do we make the audio better? Are you on YouTube? Are you taking the the YouTube episodes and cutting them into micro content like you started doing recently. All right, cool. Now, how do we improve that? Okay, what does your backdrop look like? All right, cool. It's time for that. Do we need better lights? All right, cool. It's time for that. Do we need a logo redesign? All right, it's time for that. Different music. So there's always, always, always ways to innovate. It's, I think for a lot of people, they're afraid to spend the money because they don't think they're going to make it back. And honestly, you're not going to make it back in the short run. You're not going to make it back in the short run. One of the biggest things we ever did, I ever did, because I was doing this at the time, I was making the teaser clips for our podcast. I was making one for me and one for Alan. And the first time I tried to do it, it took me 16 hours for one minute. It was brutal. I I remember you saying. Right? My laptop died. I needed to buy a new laptop. I remember one day... I said, you know what? I have to find somebody to help me. And I went on Fiverr or Upwork and I found somebody and I said, hey, this is what I'm looking for. How much will this cost? And I don't remember what it was. I think it was like $20 a clip or something like that. And that freed up hours of my time for me to go try to get clients, for me to do whatever else I was going to do. So you have to treat it like a business with the fact and the understanding that if I'm not spending money to increase the overall impact, I'm probably not going to grow beyond where I currently am. Now, some people do. It happens for sure. But some businesses get lucky too. So 
where are the weak points in the business of your podcast? And how do you do 1% improvements forever? Forever, always. We got a custom studio. Cool. That was $600 a month. We don't go there anymore because now my setup at home is actually better. All right. What's next? We just bought these microphones, right? Before we were using, I think the same microphone you're using, the ATR 2100. Now we have different ones. The backdrop has changed. The camera has changed. So many things have changed. Now we have better thumbnails on YouTube. Right? There's always something you can up-level. Just make sure that you're focused on that forever. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really great advice. And I know there's so many people listening right now who have asked me these questions. And you know, I, I mentioned you because I said, you know, you are actually making money from this. This was this was how you made your money. And they just found it difficult to understand how you could do that. And they were really intrigued. So hopefully they can go away now. Um, and with, uh, you know, with some help, they can get started and then start making money from this as, you know, as soon as possible. I want people to understand that my clientele, quote unquote, is different than a lot of other clientele. So the amount of money that we're making, a lot of it is based on who we're working with. And I want to make sure that I put that out there because I don't want you to think like, you know, we have 5,000 clients who are each paying us six dollars a month or something like that's not how we're doing it i work almost exclusively with high ticket clients so anywhere from 500 to three thousand dollars a month is what we're doing right Right. now for for a price package so i think that's an important distinction of alan does coaching one-on-one coaching i am in charge of next level podcast solutions where we help busy and listen to this and this is why we charge what we charge I help busy CEOs and entrepreneurs grow, scale, and monetize their podcast with very little of their own time. That's the niche that I'm in. So yes, we can charge more for that. But again, if you're a coach, you can still charge $50 to start or start for free. Because again, that's that's what we did. Even on the podcast side, I was helping people with their podcast for free for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's that's a good point to add, actually, because it's it's almost like this is why I asked you, how do you keep growing exponentially? Why why doesn't it stagnate, and why don't you get your capacity filled? Yeah. And it's just as you said, you haven't got you know five hundred clients at like fifty dollars a you know a month or, right. or whatever it is, because that would be too much. You know, you'd be, be, lot, yeah. you'd be having a lot of meetings and I know you do, but you'd be having a lot more. <laughs> yep. But uh, So tell me, what do you think is the most important skill or attribute you think is, is required to be a successful podcaster? Oh man, I would say consistency, number one. Consistency, number one. I think right now, I think there's like 2.5 or 2.7 million podcasts that have been started and 75% of them are no longer in production. Because it's very easy to strap a microphone into a laptop and start talking. And I love the fact that the barrier to entry is so low. But when the barrier to entry is low, the commitment usually is too. So if you want to be a successful podcaster, you have to be consistent. When you say you're going to release an episode, release the damn episode. I don't care if you have to upload it in the airport, the hotel, on the road. You know, We've uploaded episodes at the airport. I've uploaded episodes from the parking lot of the gym on my Wi-Fi hotspot on my phone, don't miss, don't miss. And then I would say the second one, you have to have a commitment to constant improvement, constant 1% improvements. And this is a wild card. Listen to every episode you produce. Listen to yourself. 
listen back and say, oh, I forgot that question. What was I going to ask? How could I do that better? Painful, a lot of feedback, but yes, yeah, the best yeah. speakers, yeah. coaches. Yeah, you got to watch your film. Yeah, yeah. For, for anyone who does have a podcast, it, you'll know that that is actually quite a painful thing to do because mm-hmm. I have a feeling that I'm not arrogant. I'm very proud, I think. So when I listen back, I'm like, damn, that did not go as well as mm-hmm. I thought it did after I finished it because I always get excited when I finish recording. I'm like, yes, another one. And then when I listen back, I'm like, I said like too many times. Why am I saying um? Every time, every time you know, my guest finishes his piece or her piece, I go, yeah, so that's so interesting. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing over and over. And there's little things like that. You don't really notice when you're actually speaking. And when you listen back, it's, you know, that's, that's, it, it really it hits home that, that you're mm-hmm. not actually as good as you think you are, which is a good thing because mm-hmm. it, it allows more opportunities for 1% improvements, which is a huge thing that Kevin and Alan talk about in their coaching. And it's something that's helped me a lot with my podcast, just things like adding a podcast highlights to my, to my Instagram page, combining my podcast into my personal Instagram page, mm-hmm. just things like that, because I have the followers more followers than my my other page, just little things like that. And that's how I've managed to be more consistent and also to feel a little bit calmer that I'm actually going to do this and it's going to be okay. Just do 1%. Don't try and, Mm -hmm. you know, do a million things the next day or the next episode. So tell me, do you have any advice for people? And by the way, this goes back to what we were speaking about at the beginning of the episode. Do you have any advice for people who may be stuck on a journey they no longer want to pursue? For example, a student heading towards finance and he feels that he's gone so far down the journey now, realizes he doesn't want to do it anymore, but thinks, well, I'm committed now and what can I do? So do you have any advice for someone who's in that position who might want to be an entrepreneur, a podcaster, for example? Yeah, you have to ask yourself why you started down that journey in the first place. And is that the reason you're still doing it? I I think so many of us are living from the, the frame of we don't want to let other people down. We're worried about what other people will say or think. We're not living from the frame of, am I going to regret this in 20 years? And that's such a powerful... If you really sit down and say, okay, this is what I'm doing this is the trajectory I'm currently on. And it's hard to step out of the bubble, but am I going to regret investing the next six years of my life doing this job and growing to the top of this industry that I don't even want to be in? And I honestly, I can tell you the answer is probably yes. My fiance and I were talking about this when we left the gym today. We were talking about the only real way to figure out what you want to do with your life is to do a bunch of stuff that you don't want to do and then get closer and more aligned to your ideal day. Episode seven of the podcast. I always say this. This is my favorite story in the world. Episode number seven. So 860 something episodes ago. I don't know how many we've done, but I said that I wanted to wake up when I want. I want to go to sleep when I want. I want to go to the gym when I want. Podcast with amazing people. Be my own boss and just get to live my life and be a podcaster. And now I get to do that. I have tried working for somebody else. It's not for me. I've tried being a personal trainer and I didn't really enjoy it. I've tried all these other things, traveling for work. I've tried so many things. I realized I didn't want to do any of them. But when I picked up something I really enjoyed, I said, "Mm, that's different than anything I've ever done. Let me explore that. So I think one of the things is take the pressure off yourself. You don't have to know exactly what you want to do. Focus more on what you don't want to do. And I think that'll bring you to what you want to do. 
if you don't try a bunch of stuff, you're, you're only going to rely on the experiences that you have. So you're going to pick yeah, the best of yeah. what you've done, not the, the most aligned thing. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it, it is real for a lot of students because uni students put a lot of pressure on themselves. You know, they want to work at the biggest banks and it's, it's immensely difficult to feel that you can sidestep and do something else. But what I've realized is and what, what a lot of people have told me, this isn't something that I've actually realized within me, but it's something that a lot of people have said, and I have to trust that that's true. And it's that your 20s, it's not lazy, it's not foolish to just try a bunch of stuff in your mm. 20s. You don't have to have a career lined up and have, you know, be a VP at a big bank when you're 30. You know, you can settle down when you're 30 and realize after having tried multiple different career paths, tried and failed at different businesses or tried and failed at different jobs and etc. It's okay. This isn't, you know, this the 60s or 70s where if you quit a job after a couple of years, you were, you know, looked at as inferior looked at as someone who couldn't hold a job or couldn't work properly mm. it, this is the age of trying things and really finding a passion and then monetizing that passion if it's a business if it's a podcast do that if it's working at a large bank you'll find that you'll find the role you want to work in there's a million roles in finance and i want to finish now with just some book recommendations because i know you're well read both you and alan are well read and you've taught me so much so do you have a book that you would suggest to people that they could read to understand this, 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 this mindset that you've got? Uh, I would say it's actually called mindset by Carol Dweck or mindsets. Oh, one of, yeah. That's one a, of my that's favorites. A, that's a great one. It's a great book. Um, I would say that I think most of us have fixed mindsets because of the way we were raised mm. and we don't, we don't think that what we want to do is actually possible. And if you don't think it's possible, it's not because you're not going to take the, the journey. You're not going to be willing to do what it takes. And you're not going to open your eyes to opportunities that have always been there. They've always been there. You just didn't realize them. And then real quick, understand this. What you do and who you are are two different things. So what you do does not have to define who you are and who you are doesn't necessarily have to define what you do. And I think that's an important distinction. You have to disassociate what you're doing with your life and who you are as a person. And I think that takes some pressure off of people. Now, what you do might be because of who you are and it's in alignment, but understand that you don't have to do something because you think you should, or you think you're that type of person. I'm the shyest person you would have ever met five years ago. And now I speak for a living. It, I, it, who you are is not what you have to do forever. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a huge introvert. I was more introverted, but I'm getting more confident now speaking right. to new people. You know, I used to, I meditate before every episode now because I do get a lot of anxiety, especially mm. before meeting somebody new. You know, I don't know what to expect. I don't know whether, you know, I'm, I'm good enough to be in, you know, in their company. They've given me their time. Am I worthy of that time? All of these questions that a lot of students have in any career path you follow, you will experience this, but you know, Things, you know, you you will improve at anything you put your mind to, I think. And if I hadn't started the podcast, I would never have known. So mm. that's that's what I'm going to finish. Any final comments? Just get out there and try something new. And don't be afraid to fail. You're going to screw up. 
You're going to screw yeah. things up. I screw things up all the time. 900 episodes in, I still screw things up. I screwed up things on this, I'm sure. It's par for the course. Just get out there and try to do better than you did last time. If you keep doing that, you'll be pretty damn good at whatever it is you're doing eventually in enough yeah. time. Yeah. You know, and specifically the podcasting, I know all the aspiring podcasters out there, this would have been an absolute gem of an episode. And I hope that you guys have learned a lot from Kevin. I certainly have learned a lot from Kevin and I'm continuing to do so through group coaching. I will put all the necessary links to that, to how you can get involved with that in the, in the comments, any sort of promotion on that, Kevin, anything you want to add so that people can find you? Just reach out. If you have any questions, uh, send me a message at never quit kid on Instagram. I will get back to you. I promise I do all my, my own social media. So any questions you have about podcasting, please. I, I love answering questions and helping wherever I can. And if you want to listen to a podcast that drops seven episodes a week, holistic self-improvement, next level university is the, the place we're on all the platforms, YouTube and every single day in your pocket for free anywhere in the world is our jam. Yeah. And it's been another fantastic episode. Kev, thank you so much for joining me. I'm sure we'll do this again sometime. And I'll see you guys in the next one. Thanks, Alex. Bye.